We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The Detroit Lions select Jameer Gibbs, running back, Alabama. Goff looks, Goff throws, caught inside the one, fighting for the end zone, and getting in for the touchdown, Detroit Lions. Amon Ross, St. Brown. The snap, he's got it, wants to throw, Wentz, looks, looks, pressure comes, Wentz, hit, sack, back inside the 20, Aiden Hutchinson, that's number two. Yo, what is going on guys? Welcome back to the Pride Podcast, episode 330 on the Blue Wire Network. I am your host Tyler, joined by my two guys as always, Mr. Malcolm Hart here. Boys, how we feeling? Feeling great, Tyler. Um, a lot better than we felt last week. I mean, what a dub. National television, everyone's watching. Like We're like, this team needs to just win this game. And they won this game. Malcolm, bro, what's up? I need that woo. Woo, 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 woo. Sir. Yes, sir, man. Yeah, man. That was a great win, man. I'm excited. Um, got a lot to look forward to, man. So we watched some NFL Sunday. So obviously the Lions played on Saturday where we got to just go sit back and enjoy the NFL Sunday. And I'm gonna say it felt kind of nice to just like kind of sit back and see what like what could happen if like oh if this team loses, the Lions can maybe move up a seat or two, or it was kind of cool. And like not everything happened to what we wanted, but all the NFC North teams lost, Vikings lost on Saturday, the Packers lost on Sunday to the Buccaneers, and those guys are back to being frauds uh, like they should be. And the Chicago Bears lost in a hilarious way, and I thought it was very, very comedical, and I loved it. <laughs> so uh, F those guys. And then the Cowboys lost at 4 o'clock, and they didn't just lose. They got their asses kicked in the national media that was cooking their ass on Monday, so I enjoyed that. It was a great Monday, honestly. I'm not going to lie to you. It's a great Monday. Yeah, it was a great Monday. Yeah, man, you can't. You never lie, man. That was that was pretty funny, man. Especially the, the especially the Bears. Their situation was just hilarious to me. <laughs> Everything hey, was good, man. I remember Bears fans were saying Darnell Mooney is better than Amon Ross St. Brown, but he dropped it right in the end zone. Yeah, man, that was that was rough. And now there is a. I know we're recording this Monday before the Monday night game, so obviously the the results will be way past when you guys hear this. But at the time of this recording, the Lions could potentially move up to the two seed, or they could have a playoff spot clinch depending on how the Seahawks and Eagles games go this Monday night game. And I just got a notification that Geno Smith is going to be playing this game. So a little twist to it. Just curious before we get into this episode, before we talk about the Broncos, if you guys had to prefer a winner of the Monday night game, would you take the Seahawks losing and guarantee you a playoff spot or have the Eagles lose and get a better potential seeding once you get to the playoffs? I prefer the Eagles lost, Tyler. Um, just because you get a potentially higher seating and, you know, like divisional round could be at Ford Field versus like, let's say Philly or wherever it could be. So I prefer that. But again, if Seattle, if Philly wins, though, I'm not bad. We, we clinched a playoff spot. So it's kind of like a win-win. But I prefer an Eagles loss. Yes, I am renting the same boat as you because it would be great to clinch a playoff spot as early as possible, obviously. But I ain't worried about that, honestly, because if we have to wait one more week, we got to wait one more week because we're going to clinch that division in Minnesota in Sunday. So, like, like if we have to wait, I'm okay with that. And I agree 110% with you. Go get a better seed. Go get that two seed because 
I think people kind of just think the season's over after the wild card round. Like they want the division go in that wild card round. It's like, oh, okay, that's good. And in, in reality, that's what we asked for before the season. Well, we want more sometimes. We can always get more. And you can get a division round at Ford Fields and play the Eagles or play the Cowboys or maybe the Niners or something like that. I think you have a way better chance of winning that game rather than playing in that Detroit or not that shitty Philly weather outside uh, in, in a divisional round compared to playing in Detroit in that, that nice warm dome at Ford Field. So, yes, I, I'm cheering for the Seattle Seahawks tonight, even though it might not make sense to some people. What about you, and Malcolm? Tyler, one more thing. And when you're a higher seed, you play like a worse team, I guess, too. That yeah, kind of helps, too. So. Could be, yes. Yeah, yeah. The, the first round you do. Second round, you play the – yeah, yeah. Because uh, the the Dubai team has the worst seed. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, you guys at first, man, I, I didn't even realize the implication of like the as far as if if the Eagles lose, you know, what happens to Detroit? I didn't even realize what happens, you know, and as far as the seeding. So I wasn't thinking about it. So at first I was like, oh, you know, let's get these playoffs today. Uh, we, let's get Seattle the Seahawks to lose. But um, you got to make a lot of sense, man. So yeah, my, y'all guys split my de- my decision. Um, I'm hoping for the Eagles. I mean, I'm sorry, the Seattle Seahawks to win. Um, that way, you know, the, the playoffs run through Detroit until the NFC Conference. If you know, if uh, unless the 49ers don't make it, then we could probably own the whole thing, the whole playoffs through the Detroit Lions. You know, the Ford Field. So yeah. yeah. I think that's going to be a lot more difficult to own the one seed. So I'm, I'm striving more for the two seed. I think it's a more realistic goal. But yeah. the, that one seed obviously is the ideal. Like that's the dream scenario that you want. And obviously, who doesn't want the one seed? You get a bye week and to host the home playoffs at Fort Fifth the whole way. That That's an amazing scenario. Yeah. And, so, and, and and again, also, if the Niners get knocked off, which I don't expect to happen, the whole the whole playoffs will run through Detroit if Detroit keeps, keeps advancing. So that will be something. That's, like yeah, that. that's, that's my point. Yeah, and they have to play Baltimore one more time. So. You know that that could be a tough game, so we'll see. We'll see. Um, see more news: uh, Jalen, not just Geno Smith, but Jalen Hurts is also playing. So both guys, okay, are both QBs are going. Both QBs are going. Both QBs are not even close to being hundred percent, but they're both playing. So there you go. This will be an that. interesting game, and we'll obviously, like you said, you guys will know the result by the time you're listening to this. But we're talking before the game starting, so we'll see what happens. Go, go Hawks! Even though I hate those fucks, go Hawks! <laughs> All right, let's get into some Lions oh, news now. Before we get into this Broncos game, one more thing. It's a positive thing, and we talked about this a little bit, but it's officially now CD Deuce or CJ Gardner-Johnson, whatever the hell you want to call him. He is returning back to practice most likely this week as we ramp up for the Vikings game. That was confirmed by Dan Campbell, and he also could be getting back Jason Cabinda back this week. Now, I know, fans, I understand. That's not the most exciting news, but you're getting healthier. You're getting healthier. I think C.J. Gardner-Johnson back in this defense, after you saw this performance for Stember, you should be very, very excited. Very excited. And Hendon Hooker um, will also be on the active roster, it looks like. Yeah, that's what Campbell said. So Yes, by the end of the week. So, yeah. I mean, if they didn't – we talked about this, but if they didn't do it, he'd be on IR and he won't be able to practice or anything. So, I think it's good to get him these reps. Maybe towards – like, let's say you clinch that second spot. And you got that down. Maybe that last week, Teddy Bridgewater's retiring after the season. He announced it, right? So maybe you let Hendon Hooker just play and fill it out a little in that last game. You never know what could happen. Yeah, so. I don't I don't know about that. Uh, what's it called? Or he said that he's going to let the players rest when the season's over. When the season's <laughs> over. <laughs> no, but <laughs> I'm saying if you, let's say you clinch the second spot and the first spot is locked, like why would you risk momentum? You know? You could do maybe what Green Bay did a couple years ago versus us, uh, where they played their stars the first half, and then they let Jordan Love get that second half, where they already clinched the number one seed. There was nothing to really play for. They let their stars play the first half, and then let Jordan Love get the second half. Didn't they lose the very next round? They lost it to the Niners, yes. Yeah, momentum is important, guys. Uh, I don't know. I'm with you, but... I feel like health is more important, though. But they had a bye week too to factor. You have to factor that in, so they had even more time. Yeah, yeah, they did. They did. Yeah. So I mean, I don't know. Uh, Like Dan Campbell said, he even he mentioned that when they asked him, he said, "Look, he said I promise they'll put they'll they'll rest when the season's over." Yeah. I don't expect. I I honestly don't expect Dan Campbell to to rest these guys, but if he does, he does. Let's see what he does. I doubt it, but. He already, he already, he's already indicating that it's not happening. Yeah, truthfully, I don't really expect anything to be like clinched outside the NFC North until like the final game. So like, I don't think they're gonna know what seating they're gonna have until the final game. So I think they're gonna have to play 
every single game with their starters, in my opinion. But we'll, we don't know. We don't know how it's all going to play out. There's three more games, so yeah. we'll see what happens. But I, I, I know everybody's excited to see. They want to see any hooker, but just 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 wait on it, man. Give them time. Let them go through a camp. Give them give them a season. Give them a uh, off season, guys. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> Yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens there. I, I think it's going to come down to the wire with how close these standings are. I don't think anything's going to be clinched by five week 17 or something like that. So, If yeah. Philly does win today, though, it will be hard to get that number two seed. So it could be, be. Yeah, it will be because they are um, – right now they are – what are they? They are 10 and 3. If they win, they're 11 and 3. You're 10 and 4. You're a game behind. So Yeah. But they play two division games back-to-back, and Denny DeVitro, been, he's been okay. I mean, shit. I don't know. Those are not easy. Those are not easy dubs. Yeah, I think that Danny or that Devito. It's kind of like the Lin Sandy thing. It's just kind of a little run, but it's gonna end soon. Tony Cutlets. Hey, hey Lin <laughs> Sandy ran a whole season, bro. That yeah, what I mean, I know, had, I know, I know. But what it, I'm it, saying it, is, it like, was a whole, it was a whole season. It, it didn't end until he decided to get greedy and say, "I want more money. Let me go to." Houston. I know, but you get what I mean. I just think like. This is not gonna like collapse. That's what it was, it was like. Josh Jobs a little bit earlier in the year. Yeah, yeah. kind of like Josh Jobs in Minnesota. You know, he had his ten minutes of fame, and then after that, it's like, all right, you're the third string. Now he's a third string quarterback. I think that's <laughs> nuts. You know, but at, at the end of the day, it's still a division game, guys. So I mean, we can't just 100%. say, yeah, the, the Eagles are guaranteed those two wins. Yeah, let's say we we bench our starters week seventeen, and then they lose week seventeen. Then what? We're gonna all look at each other like, damn, we're idiots. We could have could have had that bye. No, yeah. yeah, we'll see what happens. Yeah, no, I nothing's guaranteed, obviously, in the division. And the Phillies not playing great ball either right now. Like, you know, they're they're kind of in a funk right now, too. And do you guys see their new defensive coordinator? Matt Patricia. Your boy. Your boy. Pencil head? Yeah, Your boy. Yeah. Tyler, I, I, you're I, the one that had the pencil. You had the pencil t-shirt. You had the pencil everything. Yeah, y'all were so – I remember this day like yesterday. I remember when we first got him. Y'all, y'all were super hype. Yeah. Forget now, about that. I don't work out. <laughs> I was wrong. <laughs> yeah, uh, this has nothing to do with the pod, but um, or 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 this episode or anything. But did you guys see um Pierce boy get that get that clean pick yesterday? Uh, it was a yes, it was yesterday. Yeah, he had that clean pick yesterday. Who was Pierce, my boy? Tavai, bro. Oh, okay, all right. <laughs> get the hell out of here. That was fucking right. Kadarius Tony's. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man. Oh man. All right. All right. Denver Broncos game. Lions. Let's get into the offense. I'm gonna start off really quickly with this offense. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Man, all right, all right. Denver Broncos game, Lions. Let's get into the offense. I'm gonna start off with this offense. I think it's as simple as this, and why the offense looked like it it did in this game, and why they got out of their funk in this game. And I hope it continues. I think they had a full healthy offensive line, and I've been saying this for weeks. If they could play a full healthy offensive line and they could play their best ball, the offense is gonna start clicking again. 
right? Like before, it just wasn't the same. They were not playing their good ball. Taylor Decker was struggling. And then everyone was struggling. Everyone on that line was struggling. There was guys coming in and out. Frank Ragnar missed a game. Jonah was missing a game. Like, they didn't have their full unit out there. You saw Saturday night. They had a full, healthy offensive line. And I think it's as simple as this. If those guys are healthy and those guys are playing their best ball, like we know that they could play, when they start playing like a top three offensive line in the NFL, that offense is going to start clicking. They're going to look dynamic. They have too many good pieces when they have a healthy offensive line not to look good. Sam Laporta is a freaking stud and is surging to be the best tight end in the NFL right now, and he's a rookie. Jameer Gibbs is asserting himself to be one of the best running backs in the league right now. Amon Ross St. Brown's a superstar. Jamison Williams is getting involved in this offense. Like, this offense has too many dynamic pieces not to be good. And when this offensive line is working, Jared Goff's going to look good, and these weapons that you have around Jared Goff are going to look great. So I, I think it was as simple as the offensive line going back to their own tendencies and looking great. And you saw the offense that we all expected all year. And I hope that breaks that funk that they were in those last four games. And they can continue this the next three games and continue into the playoffs. I think it's as simple as that. Your old line played their ass off this Saturday versus the Broncos. Yeah. And like we talked about it, um, getting the run game going. I said they were combined for 200 yards. I was close. They had 185 yards with, with Gibbs uh, receiving that 193 yards total, which is pretty damn good. Um, also, you mentioned uh, Gibbs. He leads the NFL in yards per carry with 5.6. So every time he's carrying the ball, he's getting at least 5.6 yards a carry. I think which also, is, my gosh, that's impressive. Jameer leads the league in 20 plus yarding, 20 plus yard runs in the NFL. I think it's him first and James Cook is second, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I think, I don't know who's second. I know Jameer's number one, though. Oh, Jameer's number one. Yeah. But, um, and also, if you look closely at the rushing yards of both players, they could both get a thousand yards potentially. I think each one needs about three hundred. You have about three game, four games left, three four games left. I've been saying huh. this since like I've been saying this since like week uh like week ten. <laughs> so they signed up. So they signed up. Pretty impressive, man. Um, <laughs> since like week ten. Yo, remember we're like, are we ever gonna get a hundred yard rusher? <laughs> we get that like every damn game now, which is nuts. Like we're we're kind of like used to it, sort of, I guess. But um, no, man, Tyler, like. Jamison Williams had seven targets. We talked about that. We talked about getting the vertical pass game going, getting Josh Reynolds going. Reynolds had three targets. Um, Laporta is a stud. And then Amon Ra got back into his game. Nine targets, seven catches, 112 yards, and a touchdown. Um, everything was clicking. The O-line was great. I mean, Ben Johnson was great. That first quarter was a little, all right, like, what's going on? But then they got out of that funk real quick. And the third quarter, thank God, we didn't see no third quarter struggle. No, it's third quarter. No third quarter, no turnovers against the team that forced the most turnovers in the league. I don't even think they had a drop pick. It was just clean football, like nothing. Yeah. So, yeah. It's great football, man. Yeah. I mean, I think they played the game perfectly. They played the game absolutely perfectly. And I think their game plan was even more – like if I would have told you prior to this game, prior to them playing this game, that they're going to be 60-40 as far as passing and running the ball. And they're going to be more pass heavy in this game than running the ball. You'll be like, you guys, you're absolutely crazy because they have the worst, one of the worst uh, run defense, and they have one of the best pass defenses. And they need to stick to their strength and and uh, you know just run the ball down their throats. But that's not what they did. They were, they they passed the ball more than they ran the ball to, um, against the Denver Broncos. And they really trust their offensive line. They trust Jared Goff, and they trust this offense of Ben Johnson um, to to pass the ball. They actually came out passing the ball, which was. Great to see. I was tired of them coming out there running twice, three times with the David Montgomery and, and only getting, you know, those couple, three, four yards. And now you have a third and six. You know, I was tired of that shit. So they went out there, passed the ball, um, and they had a they had a great game plan. The only thing I didn't like, and it's, it sucks, it's crazy to say something you didn't like, and it's just a, um, I'll say the the the, the targets and the the amount. A place and these guys need more targets, and I keep I don't keep saying it until it happens. Jameer Gibbs, yeah, he had 100 yards, but you know how many carries he had? 11, he had 11 carries, and then you have David Montgomery with 17 carries. Which I mean, he's he, David Montgomery averaged five point yards per carry, which is I mean, he's good, he's not bad. But <laughs> Jameer Gibbs, you'd have given him seven more carries, you probably would have had 200 yards. I mean, that's a that's a difference that it makes with Jameer Gibbs. Jameer Gibbs needs the bulk of the carries. It can't be a 17-11 split between Jameer Gibbs and David Montgomery. You got to flip that number around. Give David Montgomery 11 carries. Give Jameer Gibbs 17 carries, and then see what happens that way. You, your, your rushing average, your rushing total 
will be much higher if you do it that way. Just flip it around. Give Jameer Gibbs more touches. That's the only thing I have to argue about is them giving Jameer Gibbs more touches. It's, it's like they're – I don't know what it is. Why are they eliminating him? This uh, guy, he is – he he's Chris Johnson 2.0 to me. That's, Johnson, what, that's, what, uh, that's what the he, running backs coach said. They said on He the, is the, Chris Johnson the, 2.0 right now, man. This guy is electric. He's, he needs more touches. And then until that happens, I mean, I think when that happens, this offense is going to take a whole nother level. But, I mean – this is still, it's still a really good offense the way they played right now. But that's what they have to argue about is just give Gibbs more carries, give J-Mo more targets. I'm going to keep pra- praising that until it happens. And they they, uh, they uptake J-Mo's um, touches last week on Saturday, which was good. Yeah. It was good, you know, but keep keep that up. Keep him getting that five, six, you know, targets. Give him those targets. And the only thing with J-Mo and Montgomery, just flip that shit around, man. Give Gibbs 17 carries. Give Montgomery 11 carries, and then see how much offensive running yards you'll have if you just flip it around. To yeah. be fair, I think a lot of that was like in the fourth quarter when they were up so big, and it was really Montgomery at the end of the game carrying the bulk. Because Gibbs, I felt yeah. like, was the, the primary back for the most part in that game. Yeah, yeah, yeah that, like that, that, that does make sense. That does make sense. Because in the fourth quarter when they're up, they, they did. Yeah, that makes sense. You know, you don't want to get Gibbs hurt if, if you're up big. Yeah, and they were just trying to get first downs, and they're yeah, I think they're going with more Montgomery. They were playing more power ball. Gibbs could do power ball, but that's more of Monty's strength than Gibbs. But, but Gibbs is good at that too. Also, but what I'm noticing is like you start, they start the game with Monty. He's not your best back, guys. I'm sorry, Detroit. Sorry, Monty. He's you're, he's not the best back. Yeah. Start the game with Gibbs. That. Start the game with Gibbs. You don't, I don't, we don't really see have Gibbs. We don't see Gibbs. We don't see Gibbs until the second drive. I don't really second. have an issue with that. I mean. I do. I do because he's your best back. I think there's more games, though, recently that we could say Gibbs get more snaps, though, than Monty. I know this game, Monty got more snaps than him. Yeah, but, like, yeah. as far as getting on the field more, it's it's been more Jameer Gibbs, honestly, like, last three, four weeks. Yeah, you also want to keep your guys – this is this is literally what they're doing is what the Saints did with Alvin Kamara Mark Ingram. It's kind of an even split. Both guys are going. Both guys are producing for you. One guy's obviously better, but they're both – getting it done and they're both playing at a high level yeah you know I mean, so that's what it is camaro was the young the young guy the electric back but yeah you just don't want to kill him and have him be done in like three four years and, and like even right now camaro's still going he's still a high effective back still till, till today yeah yeah so himself. i think I mean, hopefully I one day we'll get yeah. gibbs in that situation where he's right by yeah yeah it's obviously <laughs> only his first year we got wait times to go back then but like you know it worked out for Kamara though, and obviously that's where Campbell comes from, and he was with the, with Kamara and that staff. Yeah, so I think that's what they're gonna do. I don't think they're gonna get away from what they've been doing because they paid also Monty six million a year. That's that's like that's not and a it, little. And and he's good. It's not like he's, he's like Garrett Blount or CJ Anderson. Right. He's not. He's not. But like, there's some like there's been a game that I see that he averaged two point five yards per carry. Yeah, and he's still getting eighteen carries. You know, he's still getting eighteen carries. And you're looking at Jameer Gibbs with like ten. You're like, okay, what the hell's going on here? I think the, the biggest game, and I, Ben Johnson, I think, even came back and said, like, I wish we used Gibbs more was that Saints game. I think that's the game that you're probably alluding to where that was not a best David Montgomery game and Gibbs was electric that game, but they went to Montgomery more that game. And, and Ben Johnson even said to himself afterwards saying, we got to use Gibbs more. Like, we can't be going to Montgomery as much as – or we can't, be, we can't be not using Gibbs as much, you know, in that type of game. So, um, it just, I do want to – Oh, go ahead. Go up here. I do want to bring up something. J-Mo's hands, the man could catch now. I mean, did you guys see that? I mean, you guys saw it. that one catch they threw was like, uh, was it a back shoulder sort of? I don't exactly remember, but he went up and got it. It was a tough catch. Then he kind of hurt his knee, but he came back in the game and guys, he was a, fine. It's in the film. J-Mo. No, I'm saying J-Mo, J-Mo has his hands down. It's just right now it's the timing between him and Goff on those deep routes. Once that gets down, it's, I don't it's, know it's, how. It was all a mental out, thing. Man. Even even like if you're in a pro receiver, man, you could catch, man. Even Even Tony. He's dropping everything left and right now, but he could catch. He's, this is a mental thing for him right now. That's all it is right now, Tim, is a mental thing. Yeah. You think they're more thinking, saying don't catch catch the ball versus like, yeah, I just like just naturally they, catching they're it. Worried about, they're worried about what's around them. Yeah. Catching it and worry about, oh, is there is that guy in front of me? Am I going to get hit? What's going to happen here? And so well, there's some guys that never get out of it. And it's nice to see Jamal get out of that little funk. And now he's, you know, yeah, you're right. Every guy in the NFL is gonna catch the ball. There's not that's how they, they got to, they got to the NFL by catching the ball. I mean, yeah, but, catch. Yeah, I mean, the same thing with Ebron. I mean, yeah. he he was catching all that shit in UNC, but when he came yeah. to the NFL, had zero confidence and was not. I want to say zero confidence, but he wasn't the same player as he was at UNC. Yeah. 
But yeah, oh, like yeah. You said, like, it's a good thing that he did get out of it, man. He looked like he's catching everything that's thrown to him. Every, every catchable thing that's thrown to him. But yeah, get him more, get him more involved, man. That's he had seven that. targets, so that's that yep. was really nice. Um, I yeah, think Amara had nine, and and then Laporte, I think, had six. So that, he that, had that's the perfect most targets. That's the perfect yeah. amount. He needs to be second. That's perfect. Keep it that way. Yeah. Detroit. Yeah. yeah no, ben Johnson. <laughs> it, it was the first real game of Jameson Williams where it's like, okay, this guy could be a legit receiver here. Like, if we can see this more consistently, is like, this is the the vision that you had when you drafted Jameson Williams. Like, this is the vision that you had when you wanted to compliment him with an elite tight end like Laporta and Amon Ross St. Brown, who we already knew you had in the building. So it's just really nice to see it kind of all coming together. And if it really comes down to, to like in this stretch right now, that's very even more important because like this is your money time football. We talk about all the time, December football. It's just nice to see that lines get out of the funk and play their best style of football and play, I think their best game of the whole year in December. I think that's, that's very cool. And versus a good team, man. I mean, the Denver Broncos are not a slouch. I mean, and especially that defense is not a slouch by any means. Like they were getting stops, one of the best third down defenses, and the Lions completely shredded them to pieces. They they looked great against that Broncos defense. You have that Broncos defense looked like the Lions defense when we shit on them and we say they're generational the worst defense. The Lions offense shredded that Broncos defense, and it's they just did. good to see, man. It wasn't like you were playing some slouchy Carolina Panthers or something like that. You played a good defense, a, a team that was hot, and you took care of business. You look like yeah. the better team out there. They did one basically seven, what Miami did to them. Seven of their last six. They they they're they're coming to that game. The the Broncos won seven. I'm sorry, six. They won six of the last seven games. Yeah, um, going going into that game. And they're they're a hot team. And yeah, we took care of business. And the thing the, the thing I like to see is that we weren't scared to go anywhere. Like that play where um Raymond caught that that, that over caught that ball. It was like kind of like a deep ball, but he threw he caught it over his shoulders. Um yeah. that was, was gonna patch his certain. So like they they were not they were, they weren't scared to 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 target people. Yeah. I mean, JMO actually beat Sertain on a deep pass and that was like the one that was kind of like underthrown whatever. Was it overthrown or underthrown? Well, there was two of them. There's one that was underthrown and one, one that was over. I forgot which one was overthrown. I think that was actually the overthrown where he beat Sertain. The one where Sertain beat yeah, was the overthrow. JMO had... actually one of his touchdowns was on Sertain. So, yeah. yep. Um yeah. Sertain did not play good. He's still one of the best corners, but he didn't play good against us. Yeah. And I thought, too, Malcolm, you thought it was interesting that, like, everyone, I think, came into the game as, like, oh, the lines are going to probably be more 60-40 run compared to pass. I, I know it didn't work out, but I thought it was kind of cool sending a statement right away, first drive, five passes in a row. Like, you know, they're, they're like, we're not going to run it. Like, we're going to show that we can still pass this ball. We're still in a lead <laughs> offense. And I know it didn't work out, and some people were questioning. I saw people going on Twitter already. Oh my God! You guys are only passing the ball. What was going on, Ben Johnson? You're a fraud. Yeah, I'm like, okay, chill out, guys. I I don't <laughs> one thing. I'm gonna get off my chest real quickly. I don't understand who people that tweet every single play and make an opinion after every single play. I understand, like, okay, like, sick play. Okay, understand that. Or a touchdown. I get that. Yeah, like, mm-hmm. okay, you get excited, or like, you know, maybe you see one thing you question it. But the people that question every single detail of the game, I'm like, motherfucker, put your phone down and enjoy the game. Watch it and evaluate after the game. <laughs> How do you fucks no, do it after I mean, every single fucking play? I would be honest. <laughs> there's not going to be every play is not going to be perfect. Um, every play will. That's just the nature of the game. Like, like when we they started that first quarter, we're like, oh shit, here we go again. We're in this funk. Then that second quarter came. They like they dominated that game. You know, like how I, I can't believe like we're doing narratives in the middle of the game. Do the narratives after the game. Oh, Jared Goff's mm-hmm. on a franchise quarterback. Guys, we'll talk about that after the game. Let's watch the whole game. Then we'll talk <laughs> about that. Guys, it's like, it's not the one, time. One, one, one overthrow. That's it for Jared Goff. <laughs> like he's a fraud. Like a fraud. I, I actually hate it, dude. It's so annoying. I, I just don't understand it. Yeah. I mean, it is what it is, but yeah. Uh, I thought Jared Goff played great too. I think that was the goal. I think the idea was we get let's get Jared Goff going. Let, let's start pass the ball. And then if you look at the, the way the Lions start games, they script them off on a lot of runs. They don't really pass a lot. Yeah. And then um, they actually did the opposite. Malcolm normally is like, oh, shit, when a team receives against us, they saw something on tape and they score right away. And the Lions were like, we're receiving the ball. We want the ball. We want our offense because we saw some stuff that we could take control of. Obviously, it didn't really happen in the first quarter, but um, – Ben Johnson had a great, great game plan. Yeah. I think it's time, and I know it's never going to end, but I think it's time that we actually acknowledge Jared Goff's a good quarterback. Okay? Yeah. Like, he's a good quarterback. Like, for the most part, he's been good. 
He has one bad funk where he's bad for three or four games, and people question him so much. So much where he's not legit. It's, it's because they just don't they just don't like him, man. That's what it is. It's, it, it boils down to it, man. It's the people who, if you didn't like him in the beginning when he first got here, it's gonna be really hard for you to. I was buy on in, but like I don't understand what's so tough about cheering for your quarterback if he's playing good football on your football on your team. I don't understand it. I truthfully don't. Because I was one of them. I didn't want Jared Goff as my franchise quarterback. But I you want to win. But you want to win. I don't want to win, and I think he could win here. I, I truthfully think he could win here. If you put the pieces around him, I think he'd win here. Like, there's not many quarterbacks in the NFL do what everyone like wants. There's not many Patrick Mahomes just laying on the street where you go to just pick him up. There's not many just like Justin Herbert's laying on the street. Those guys hit the market probably never, and those guys are in the draft probably once in every I don't know ten drafts, right? Like, there's not those kind of quarterbacks just laying around. I think it's so much easier to get worse from Jared Goff than to get better. Oh wait, who said that? Who said that? Who said that quote? Who said that? I don't know. Who said that? That exact quote you just said. Brad Holmes. Brad Holmes said that. He did I actually, that. I actually had no idea, honestly. Yeah, but Brad, I, Holmes, I, I, Brad, <laughs> Brad Holmes said that. The mix, everybody was like, draft uh, Anthony Richardson. Draft. He said, look, I, he literally said it's easier to get, it's easier to get worse at quarterback than it is to get better. And he said that, and everybody, no matter people are taking it the wrong way, saying, oh yeah, he he, he bet that he could uh, do this and he bet he could. No, that's exactly how he meant it. Jared Goff is playing. He's he, he's a as far as the, your your top quarterbacks right now. He's he's not the the best, but you can win with Jared Goff, and that's that's fine. I mean, I think 30, 30 NFL teams are in that same boat <laughs> where you have a quarterback that you can win with. I mean, they're not Patrick Mahomes. I mean, there's only Patrick Mahomes. There's only one Patrick Mahomes. Everybody wants to have a Patrick Mahomes. Which, I mean, shit. I, I wish I got a Patrick Mahomes. Even Patrick Mahomes has received. <laughs> When his receivers are bad, yeah, like you can only be Superman for so long. Yeah, there's only uh, exactly. I mean, I boil down to this question: Who are the top two MVP candidates right now? Not probably including, Lamar, not, not including like Lamar Jackson, probably right. Lamar. Okay, well, I was gonna go a little different direction. I'll just gonna say, well, Lamar's in that conversation. I, I was honestly thinking Lamar. Dak, but he had a bad game yes, yesterday. Uh, I was going that. towards Dak Prescott and Brock Purdy. Truthfully, do you guys think? Jared Goff is that much of a different quarterback than either of those guys. I think him and Brock Purdy are the same quarterbacks. I agree 110%. I think Goff, honestly, might arguably be more talented than Brock Purdy. Maybe that's a crazy take, but like a Purdy guy was playing better this year. he is more talented for sure. But, like, no one questions the San Francisco 49ers. Because they're winning. And their ability of winning. Because they're winning. If they're they're losing, oh yeah, Brock Purdy would have all the questions in the world. 110%. And it's like, I think you could win. Like people think, like game managers is like the biggest insult, and like that you can't win with those type of guys. I don't think it's as insulting as people make it sound. I like that you could win with those guys. Like you said, there's only so many guys that are super elite talents. I think there's like th- three, four of them maybe. Like Mahomes, you could put Lamar in that conversation. And I know I'm, I know that's crazy hearing that from me, but like Lamar's a special talent. I think Josh Allen special talent, like Herbert special talent, but like after those guys, like there's just not many special special talents. Like a lot of them, the rest are like Jared Goff's or worse. Yeah, um, yeah. So, like, and for the most part, the narratives that like Goff is not this guy. I mean, Goff is leading the top offense in the NFL right now, or one of the top offenses in the NFL. I think it's number two after Miami. They lead the league, I think, in twenty plus yard plays. Like, you could win with this guy. And it really all comes down, I think it boils down to up front in the offensive line play. And, and it, it comes down to the playoffs, too. How does he perform? Like, we know he's a good regular season, but when it comes to the playoffs, that was the issue with L.A. What do you mean? So, he took him to the Super Bowl. Yeah, but it wasn't how many, always. How, how, like, many quarterback, how many quarterbacks have been to the Super Bowl? Not many. He's horrible. I, I think if our offensive line plays well, I don't see any reason why Jared Goff doesn't play well. Yeah. Um. But not that's not always going to be perfect though. That that's my thing, you know. Like I do like Jared Goff, and I think he's a good quarterback, but I don't think he's a great quarterback. Um, yeah, I don't know. About as, as far as perfect, what do you mean by perfect? Like what? Great defense, great offense, great offensive line. No, like, like when when like, like example, you, ask me, when, you ask me about perfect. I think San Francisco 49ers are perfect because they have top defense. 
Top, top I'm not offense. talking about the defense. Denver. I'm just talking about the offense in general. When there's a missing piece on the O-line or when there is a missing receiver or something, the offense is not as going. And that right now the Lions are very lucky to be healthy. They are. But you're not going to be that healthy like always like the way they are right now. It's just well, bro- not – well, Brock Purdy, he lost his two. He lost two pieces. He just lost his receiver and one of the pieces of offensive line. They, they lost two games in a row. Everybody was questioning the 49 Yeah, but Brock Purdy, but Brock Purdy's a second-year player. Jared Goff's like in his sixth or seventh year or whatever it is. You know what I mean? It's like a little different. I think they're gonna. I think they're the same quarterback regardless. Six it is what it is. Years. I'm just saying, like sometimes. Six years. But uh, I'm know. saying, like, we'll how, how many how many quarterbacks can survive with a bad offensive line? Or but the line, line, line is not bad when they when they're missing one guy they're like when they're missing happened. one guy they're getting consistently pressured in the in the middle how many quarterbacks can survive that way yeah, look at the pressure, look, look, look when when all right when I, coach uh, what's his name uh, Oshika is starting what's the pressure rate as far as like coming up the middle it's probably I, high and how 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 many quarterbacks can survive that way. How many, know, NFL quarterbacks, how many NFL quarterbacks can survive with straight pressure in their face all, all the time and, and, yeah. and, and win the game? And no, play that, that's that's play the clean. problem, Malcolm. Like, he's not a mobile quarterback, for example, when pressure is there. That, that's that's what I mean. He's not he's not a guy that could escape pressure. He just, once it's there, he, he's done. I mean, a lot of quarterbacks are like that. I know, but with the way the league is going now, it's, it's getting a little different. But um, – that's all I'm saying. Like that's that's the only knock I have on him. Really, is that he, he lacks mobility yeah. and his arm strength is not. Um, I, is I not know he's best. not perfect by any means. I, like I'm not here to give you that, but like, I no, I mean I think he played really good. Um, he had that little funk. He got out of it and he, he bounced back. I want to see more though. I want to see more consistency. These oh, yeah, games are big. These 100%. games are big that are coming up. I just think he, like, I think people shit on him way too much. I think yeah, I don't. Shit on. I mean, maybe last week I overreacted a little. Maybe you did too a little. We overreacted a little. But, uh, like um, I'm just saying, like when people were talking about saying, "Oh, I want to see Hendon Hooker," I'm like, oh, "Come on!" No, I don't want to see Hendon Hooker <laughs> this year. Like maybe next year if golf continues to struggle. That's that's what we were saying, me and you. But other people's like, "Put Hendon Hooker in the game, I'm like bro, relax." Like Hendon Hooker is not playing this year. Like when I see pe- when I see people's Twitter's profile pictures, Hendon Hooker, I'm like, okay, <laughs> okay. Uh, I'm glad we're off to see that this week. Yeah, I'm just glad um, to see that. so. Maybe I, we overreacted a little last week. That's, I mean, it happens. We're fans. Sometimes you don't really look at the big picture, just kind of judge in the in the moment of the game, sort of. But then, when you look at his season as a whole, other than that little funk he had, I mean, we won those games mainly because of him, for the most part. Yeah, yeah. I I think as crazy as it sounds, I think it really boils down is like you're right. You're not going to always have a full healthy offensive line. I think Brad Holmes just needs to build better depth on the offensive line at the end of the day. Like, just get us better. I know, I know, I know they don't just, they're not, there's just not offensive lineman on the street where you can get them. But like, you know, drafting maybe a guy Rats next year. And, develop, yeah. and I think this year they did a good job coming into the season. It just, it didn't work out with the Vitae, him getting it out. And they, I think they had a high-end backup with Kalasco. And obviously you're seeing the benefits of that right now. Um, Yeah, like I, it's only so much you could really do. I, I'm not really putting this on Brad, but like, I think if they can get better depth and like they could play better when a guy has to go down or is injured. I think they'll look better. Like if you can find like a Tyrell Crosby, that would be nice. Like a nice swing tackle, you know? Something yeah, like I mean, that. like right now, our tackles so- been fine. Our tackles been good. No, I know, but healthy. God yeah. forbid, knock on wood, something happens. With Dan Skipper, who who are you throwing in there? I don't know. Yeah, I mean Nelson's yeah, out Nelson's- too. So, oh, he's out. He's on IR. Yeah, he had surgery. I think so. his season's good. actually done. Yeah, I don't yeah. think he has a chance to come back. So yeah, it would probably be Skipper. it'll be Skipper. Oh shit! Yeah. Well, oh, let's not even more. let's not even think about that. We have, Panay and Taylor Decker. We got Panay and Taylor Decker right now. <laughs> oh shit! I didn't think about that. Yeah, and those that. guys are playing their ass off right now. Deck, you know, it's been a little like iffy during that. He's been hurt. Fun. He yeah, was hurt, but I, I think he played some good ball on Saturday. I think he played really good. And then shout out to Frank Ragnow. He had meniscus surgery two weeks ago, and he played on Saturday, which is nuts. Yeah, man. He's a tough son of a He only missed one game of surgery. He came back the following week. That is nuts, man. Yeah, I don't I mean, know how you do that. The, the offensive line, I think, I think that's the key to this season, man. I think that's the key to this team because it, it just it just gives Jared Goff a different type of confidence where he knows that he could go in the pocket, he could go through his reads, and not have to worry about a guy – being right in his face, you know. I think it gives him a different type of confidence. So I think that is key. The offensive line is is key <laughs> for the next the next few games in the playoffs. Yeah, I mean that's for their sure. identity, man. Their identity is up front. 
on both sides for the most part. And obviously the defensive line is a lot more hit or miss, but like that's how they're going to win football games. That's what the, that's the team that they're trying to build right now. That's Brad Holmes trying to build. He's trying to build from the trenches right now. And you need those guys healthy to be out there to, to see the perks of it. Right. And like you saw Saturday when you had pretty much healthy on both sides of the ball, we'll get into the defense in a little bit, but you're going to see the benefits of this football team. And that's when you're going to see the best of it. And that's, when they get back into their identity. And that's what it exactly was on Saturday. I thought they got back to their identity. Now, like I, like Peter said, they got three more games left. I want to see them continue it and, and continue this identity going into the playoffs and have that same swagger, have that same confidence going into the playoffs. Yeah, I agree. So, yeah, man. Uh, let's keep a full healthy offensive line. I think that that, that team is a, a way different scary team if they had a full healthy offensive line. Yep. So let's let's continue that. All right, let's get into this Lions defense now. Start off with you, Pierre. What'd you see out of this defense? I thought it looked very good. Um, blitzing, blitzing, more blitzing, and more blitzing, and more blitzing. I felt like they blitzed maybe on like I don't know the exact. I'll say like seventy to eighty percent somewhere in there. You had AG blitzing linebackers, blitzing safeties. I saw Ify run all the way from his. It looked like they were like in cover two or two man. And then it kind of switched to one guy went deep. And if he just blitz right out of, out of there, he blitz from deep. They blitz Cam. They blitzed Vildor. I think they blitzed Branch. They blitzed the linebackers. Um, it was nice to see that. They, they didn't let Russell Wilson get comfortable, and they contained. They contained for the most part. I think Russell Wilson maybe escaped once or twice. But for the most part, they contained. They got him down. They affected his throws. It was really nice to see. And then Cam Sutton also – he was shadowing his cousin, Cortland Sun, except when he was in the slot. And <laughs> Not he really shut him cousin. down. Yeah, yeah, I'm just joking. <laughs> For those of you that don't know, Cortland Sun and Cam Sun, same last name. I think our listeners know we're joking. Yeah. But um, for the most part, he shut him down, man. Cam's also playing good. I think over the last three weeks, he's only allowed two catches or three catches, which is pretty damn good. Um, so was uh benching Jerry Jacobs the the figure <laughs> was that the missing that was piece I mean I'm gonna be honest Ken, Kendall Vildor and Khalil Dorsey both played really good it was like they were rotating those guys and I think Dorsey played more but um I think that was that was a good smart move yes yeah I mean honestly I'm not gonna lie to you I didn't think the losing of Emmanuel Mosley was gonna be as significant as it ended up being honestly because I thought Jerry would be a lot more serviceable this year and that's just not been the case. I mean, Malcolm compared to Mamani Warriors drop off. And I think it's a great comparison. A guy who had, you know, a, a good season and a half and you have big expectation for him to get a bigger role and start more consistently. It just, it just hasn't worked out for Jerry and it's unfortunate, but I I'm glad that the staff wasn't stingy. And you mentioned it with Malafonu, man, that's another guy. Like they weren't stingy with what they had. Like they, they knew they had to switch it up a little bit and, Right now, it's working. You know, Melifon, who has been a spark to this defense, he caused a fumble. Uh, he, he's getting sacks. He, he's playing great football right now. And like you mentioned, it, like the cornerback room, like Kendall Vildor and Khalil Dorsey aren't some great corners now. But, like, it was a spark this line's defense needed. And Jerry Jacobs was, like, very bad for this team, and they needed to change it up. So I give kudos to Aaron Glenn and, and the staff for not being stingy. And that's something that the staff has been very consistent since taking over in 2021. They're not, like, dedicated to players. doesn't matter if you're a rookie. doesn't matter if you're a 10-year veteran. Like, they're going to go with the best player. We saw it last year, what they did with Michael Brockers. He's a guy that was a captain, a guy that was adored by the staff. He ended up being a healthy scratch for most of the season. And we're seeing it right now, even the defensive line, like Charles Harris. He's not been playing great football. He's been a healthy scratch the last two games. Like they're gonna play their best guys out there. So, so that's something I really adore about this staff is that they're not committed to players. If you are, if you're not playing good, like they're gonna go with the best guys out there. It doesn't matter how long you've been in the league or where you were drafted or how much money you make. Like they're gonna go with the best guys out there. So, I applaud them for for trying something new. And right now, it's working. Right now, we'll see how much longer it works. Hopefully, it's good the rest of the way. But this switch up right now of going to Melifanu, benching Walker, and benching Jacobs and splitting between Dorsey and Vildor, it, it's working right now. So I, I'm liking it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's, it's crazy. It's, it's wild because at one point, man, at the beginning of the season, we're looking at our secondary, and we're like, wow, Jerry Jacobs may be our best corner. He was leading the team in turnovers. They had three or three interceptions at one point. And we're like, you know, this guy's playing well. And I'm not sure if it's uh, – 
my memory's all jacked up. Did he get hurt? He did get hurt in that game, but he got benched. He didn't start on defense. I think he got hurt on special teams. Not this game. I'm talking about the beginning of the year. Because oh, there at one point, he was playing like one of our best corners. Yeah, he, he, got, missed, he missed that one Baltimore game. He got hurt in practice, I think, on Friday or Saturday. He got hurt in practice. Okay. Because ever since then, man, this hasn't been – it's been a complete downfall for him ever since. Because he was leading the team in turnovers those first few games. And then, like, ever since that he got hurt and he tried to come back, I'm not sure if that's what's killing him right now and he's still hurt. I don't know, but he's been a liability out there. It's not been good. He's been getting beat left and right. And, yeah, the Declare Dorsey, um, well, that was a huge – that was a surprise. I mean, I don't think anybody really expect that to happen. I mean, I know a lot of people have been asking for um, Gilmore. Yeah. A lot of people asking for Gilmore, but, I mean, clearly he's just not ready. Um, he's just been healthy yeah. scratch. I think the last three weeks he's been healthy scratch. But I, I had no idea. Like, that would have been my last, I mean, guess. He just told me that Dorsey was going to be out there starting. But he played very well, man. He, he You know, he was – I guess he was fast enough to to stay with their speedy receiver, and that was a good That's move. A thing, yeah, now, yeah, that because... good, yeah, that was definitely a good move that they did that. And and also, I mean, if he if he who <laughs> if he's playing like our best safety right now, and then what what's confu- what's confusing to me is who's going to start when 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 uh when when CJ goes comes back. Um, do, do you think do you think they they roll with Ify and CJ? Because I think that would be a deadly combination. Or are they gonna go with uh what's his name? Kirby, Kirby and CJ. Kirby, Kirby and CJ. I think it could be like a you know how they've been playing a lot of three linebackers? How? I how think do you do that? How do you I do think that? they would take a linebacker out and play a third safety instead of a third linebacker, where all three guys are on the field together. That's too many DBs. You're initially running a dime formation at that point. I mean, they they played a little. They played some dime um, versus uh, last week. I Not mean, last week versus Denver. R- right now, I just don't see a way you get Iffy out of this lineup. Right now, I don't. I don't see a scenario where you get Iffy out of this lineup. I think he's playing too well. He's he is playing, playing, that's, he's that's playing that's too well. Playing too. And like, yeah, it might be Kirby the odd man out. I mean. We've talked about Kirby's struggles pretty much all year, like him not having the same year as last year. Played well last week, though. Yeah, he's been better since they taken out Tracy and been starting Iffy the last two games. But I think Iffy's he's been great, man, and it's been a nice surprise because he's a guy I kind of I wrote off a little bit. I didn't think like I didn't see much of a future with him. I thought he <laughs> was a guy that might not even make the roster, honestly, coming into the season. But you know, he's proved me wrong and. He's looked phenomenal since since getting the start, and he honestly was great when Kirby missed a couple games earlier in the year when he was injured, battled injury. I think he started that Falcons and the Packers game week three and week four, and he was smooth. He was very good, and then Kirby came back. Safety rooms kind of took a step back a little bit, and now they put Ify back in. It's looked better, and it was great on Saturday versus the Broncos. So I don't see a scenario where you take Ify out right now. I just I, he's playing too good. I, I, I also what? think they're not going to rest CJ in. I think it's going to be slowly easing him in because he hasn't played since like oh, well. week two. Since week two. Yeah, week, week two. two. Mm-hmm. That was the mask game too. Oh my gosh! No, we don't, we're not going back to. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, you guys uh, I, have I, that shit, by the way. The what? mask. You guys, I know you guys are. You guys were on that shit. You guys no. the order ski mask. Mine I, never I, came I, in. I, I which wanted is surprising. Order, I wanted to order one, but it, it it was like three weeks out, and I was like, "Fuck that." Okay, good. Well, Peter just never got a. I, I never a came in. I think he got. I think no. I think he got canceled. Yeah. Okay. Um, I hope we got a refund. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I looked at it, but um, it got canceled. But I want to talk wait, about. Are, are we bringing our ski masks back? No, absolutely not. Hell no. Hell no. We're no. That I, shit's burned. I mean, that no, shit's it's not done. burned. It's not burned. I might. If he brings it back, if CJ brings it back, I'm bringing it back. I'll order. It, CJ order brings it back. I, I'm gonna have words. I don't want that shit anymore. I'm done. I'm done. The ski mask are canceled. That game brought so much bad juju to this football team. <laughs> it's not CD. the ski mask, man. It's because we had injuries that game. We had turnovers. That, that's what C- we had. CD got injured that game. James Houston got hurt that game. Montgomery got hurt in that game. We lost to the Seahawks. Everything about that game was shit. And then it all started from that stupid ass ski mask. No, all I don't right. want to see no, Forget game. about the ski mask. I want to talk about a group that stepped up a little, especially three players. Um, 
Pascal, I think, played his best game as a, as a pro. You, you've been calling for this for weeks. I think Kaminsky is coming along now, too. He looks better. And then Romeo Aquara is playing more, and he also looks better. So guys are stepping up on the D-line. And then Bruce Urban, is ha- he's coming only on third downs. He's having his pressures, but he, he didn't finish, unfortunately, last week. He had a few pressures, but he didn't finish. But the D-line is getting better in terms of generating pressure. And maybe that comes because they're sending an extra guy on a blitz or they're confusing the defense a little more, um, which which is what we talked about. You could scheme pressure. Yeah. And they're finally doing that, you know? Um, Tyler, remember Sunday morning, was it? You sent me that little graphic of, like, Flores blitzing versus everyone else, and Flores was, like, all the way to the top right. Yeah. And AG was, like, kind of like the average of the league or below average. I'm like, bro, is this during the game we texted like, is this Flores or is this AG calling the defense? Yeah. No, I mean, they 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 ramped up the blitzing a lot more and it worked out, man. It worked out. I mean, anyway, you got generate pressure, I'm all for it because they were sending four out there consistently week in and week out. And we saw quarterbacks just taking a nap back there and being able to get up and make a, a complete pass, right? Like, and your DBs are not going to be able to get stops. And you're seeing it right now. They're generating more pressure. Cam Sutton looking a lot better, a lot better. He looked phenomenal in that game. We were talking about how we're a little scared about these these Broncos receivers. You know, Cortland Sutton, I think, is a top guy. I think Jerry Judy's a respectable guy. And they completely took him out of the game. And that that that, that comes from getting pressure on Russell Wilson. And they did it in a lot of different unique ways, which I liked. It came from the linebackers, came from the safeties, came from the corners. Like, they did it Everyone. in a lot of different unique ways. And – Sean Payne, this Broncos offense had no idea how to stop it. They had no idea where the pressure was coming from. And you guys talk, we've been talking about it for weeks, like Baltimore, like they don't necessarily have a bunch of league guys on that defense, but they know how to scheme pressure with what they, they have, have one elite guy. I think they have Matibuke. That guy, I think he has 11 sacks from the interior. That guy's playing out of his mind right yeah, now. Yeah, no, Matibuke is elite. Yes. But like, other He's than a that, though, like, too. So yeah. maybe we'll see. I mean, there's know. no way you let him leave the door. But yes, if, yeah, he, yeah. if he's a free agent, absolutely 100%. I'm all down for it. But that's the conversation in March. But um, yeah, like good teams know how to scheme pressure. And that's something that they just were not doing early in the year. So I applaud AG. I think Malcolm said, and I agree with him the last two games. And may might not look at it first the Bears game, but I think the defense has been playing really good football. And honestly, even during this funk, I think the defense has been fine. I think it really has been fine for the most part. I think there's been some bad games where, like, the Bears, the first Bears matchup where there were long drives out there, and I think the Saints game in the second half was a little rough. But, like, other than that, like, they're playing fine football. I think the, the funk really came more from the offense side of the ball than the defense side of the ball. And Saturday it was just really all clicking. And happy to see Josh Pascal, man. Pierre's been calling that for weeks. It was just happy to see him finally yeah, get I mean, You saw the flashes, like, these last few weeks, like, all right, bro, it's, it's going to happen soon. It has to happen. And it was nice and to it see, man. Finally happened. Um, I I think he's just gonna get better and better at, because if you just look at the games he's played, he's kind of still like a rookie. Like Jamison Williams, for example, we talked about. He's only played in sixteen games, right? Yeah. Like if you do like the season, there's seventeen games in a season. Jamo's only played in sixteen, and you're seeing his growth every week. It's kind of like he's still a he's not a rookie, but the games he's played, he's kind of like a rookie. And same with Pasco. Like, as the games go on, he's getting better and better and better, which is nice to see. You know what it is, Peter? We get spoiled like seeing the guys like Sam Laporta and just flourish right away. That, that's what it is, man. Like, we see some that's of these rookies. That's rare. That's yeah, rare. Yeah, it's, it's very rare, especially out of that position. But, like, we see these rookies just come out right away, make plays right away. It's like, oh, I want to see more out of these guys like Pascal and J-Mo. But, like, we get spoiled with seeing guys like Sam Laporta or Brian Branch get a pick six in his first game or Jameer Gibbs really popping off after, like, you know, three or four weeks, right? Like, we get spoiled with these guys, and some guys develop a little quicker than others. But then sometimes get, like, these late bloomers a little bit. Like, if Fatu Malafanu, everyone wrote this guy off. Maybe outside yeah. of Malcolm. Malcolm's always been a high and iffy. But, like, everyone wrote this guy iffy off. And, you know, it's year three. He didn't write back, though. He didn't write back. He's like, Gino, he didn't write back. <laughs> and he's playing his ass off right now. But yeah, going back to Pascal, man, very happy for him. He finally got home. And I like that they're using him in different ways. Get him inside a little bit on third downs. I, I, that NASCAR with him in, inside, I like that. So, you know, getting him more involved in the games, that's good, man. And Isaiah Bugs, he's been a spark to this defense coming back uh, yeah. since being active the last two games. So he was, a, he was a, motivated. A, a nice, po- nice positive, man. So the only thing I didn't like about him was if he was behind him, he gives that ball to if he was a touchdown. Touchdown. Probably. Oh, my gosh. 
Could have been. Yeah. I think if he said that too, is like I was waiting for him to, to let all the I, ball I was screaming at the TV, <laughs> give it to him, give it to him. I said other words, not just give it to him, but yeah, you know, man. Man, these guys don't give those it. big motherfuckers are selfish, bro. When they get those <laughs> balls, bro, they're just like this is them the whole time. <laughs> running down the damn field. In their mind, in their mind, they're just like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take this shit back. <laughs> That's what they're saying in their mind. They're saying, I'm gonna take this shit back. No, not no, not realizing. And it, and the thing is, this is the thing. In their mind, they are hauling ass. They are in their mind, they're thinking they're thinking they're running this oh four three forty right now. <laughs> but they are moving so goddamn slow, huffing and puffing, they're about to die. And they did not even think about pitching the ball back. They don't. They never think about pitching the ball back. The only thing, the only thing that they're thinking about is hauling ass and scoring the goddamn. T- they thinking they're going to score a touchdown. The it's never going to happen. Like a practice session where they have their D lineman just practice pitching the balls back. But I mean, that's also a Bro, risk too because you know if you don't get the ball too, it's a like potentially a yeah, fumble. You could get the ball back to. It's a slight risk too, so I, I understand it. But man. If there's no defender around him, just hand it to him. He's right behind Bro, him. Hand it all to him. defensive linemen in those situations, in their mind, they're thinking they're hauling ass and thinking they're going to score. But they're not realizing how slow they're going. And uh, they're huffing and puffing. And there's, oh, like, there's a DB behind them that they're saying, pitch the ball. They're probably yelling, pitch the ball, pitch the ball. You're like, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we said we, we said it last week with Benito, like when they got the block extra same point. Shit. He could have pitched shit. it back to a DB too. No, no, Benito, same shit. His mind, I'm taking this shit back. Man, his mind, his mind. He was moving as fast as Dion. He he was about to high step to the end zone and everything, but he don't realize until you watch the tape. Like, God damn, I'm moving slow as shit. Yo, you know they're making fun of him in the D line room in the defensive room. Like, like, like he's slow as yeah. shit. He ain't moving like in slow motion. Like, There's I can imagine AG one. showing that shit on the meeting rooms. They're probably all laughing at it. Yeah, they, they don't realize it until they see it on tape how, oh, how slow they're moving, and they should have pitched the ball back. But, no, they're not thinking. No no, no defensive lineman is thinking to pitch the ball back in that situation, bro. That was yeah, a nice play by Iffy, though, man. Nice play yeah. by Iffy to strip yeah. that ball away. And yeah. one more point about this defense, run defense. I was a little worried when Ali went out on IR. What did I tell you, Tyler? thought maybe it took a hit back a little bit, but – no man, it's been good, man. And they that was a good run. De- that was a good run game they played versus Denver too, and they did a good job versus them. Man, they they completely took them out of the game plan, made Denver one dimensional, and they had no answers until the end of the game where they got a garbage time touchdown essentially, and the one to start the second half. But other than that, great job all around for the defense. There's no complaints, man. No complaints. You're getting healthier, like we said on the top of the show. Gardner Johnson coming back. Houston could potentially coming back soon. Aleem could be potentially coming back soon. So it's nice to get these guys back, man. It's nice. And then also um, one thing we talked about was the third and two, third and threes. The defense forced these third and long situations where it's an obvious passing situation. And that's what got AG to be more aggressive and blitzing and creating pressure because third and two, third and three, it's kind of hard to do that, you know, because all you need is two or three yards. You get a few blitz. Let's say you throw a little slant. Guy could be ticked ticket to the crib for example it's three you know but versus third and seven third and eight third and nine you could call whatever you want on defense i mean that playbook is open yeah this is this is, is probably probably hands down the best defensive game i've seen for detroit this year i agree with that i agree with that 100 percent um i don't really count the the raiders game was very good too raiders game was good yeah but i just feel like this one's the most complete it was, this was most dominant. I felt like they just, they just dominated. Yeah, for sure. Um, I, uh, yeah, between this one, Falcons, Buccaneers was very good too. They gave zero touchdowns that game. I mean, they've had some sneaky good games. Oh, yeah, you're right. The Buc- I forgot about the Bucks one because they yeah. played a really good offense too in that passing yeah, offense. And they shut them out. I mean, there was a couple lucky plays in there. But, like, <laughs> those are about three of them. Yeah, I mean, like you get it, those, bro. Like, they're talented. Like, the other team has talent too, you know? Yeah, but like I'm saying, in this game, like there wasn't like one like, oh, what if this? Like they just played good, clean defense all, all, all game in this one. So yeah, I think you can make the argument this was their best complete game. But they have some other ones like, like I said, Atlanta, Tampa. What I was looking at is, I guess, the pressure rate and how they're getting at the at the quarterback, yeah. making the quarterback uncomfortable. I haven't seen the Lions do that probably forever. Like this is one of those games that, like, like I'm telling you, like this game that we watch and we're like, why can't the Lions pressure the quarterback like this? You know, we'll watch a 49ers game and it's like. That's a, that's a, the game that we see. Like they were pressuring him at uh, like they were blocking him, shed blocking quickly and getting right in Russell Wilson's face. This whole game, that whole game. 
Yeah, man. It was it was good stuff. So, Tyler, we actually got some news on the Seattle game. Drew Locke was taking first-team reps. Uh, Geno Smith was getting treatment before the game. So we don't know who's starting, actually, right now. Oh, wow. In Seattle. So, yeah, this, it's getting interesting there. Um, just for, I mean, obviously our listeners. may know the results, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> results, but. Just something to share between us. But yeah, man, it was it was cool. It was cool to see him generate pressure on on Russ because it's obviously been the big thing we've been talking about all every single week on these post game shows, like pressure, pressure, pressure. Like they're not getting pressure, and quarterbacks are taking all day in the pocket. So it, it was it was good, man. It was good stuff, and I hope they can continue in these next three games. You got Minnesota twice. You got Dallas one more time. You got Dallas for one. So you know these are big games, and you have an opportunity now to go clinch the division versus Minnesota next week. Another big test for your defense, too. I know um, Nick Mullins, like, he did throw, I think, 300-some yards last week, but he had a couple of picks. But those receivers and those targets, like Hawkinson, I mean, he's a good tight end, those receivers. It's it's a big challenge. And they yeah. don't want you to win the North at their house. Like, they're going to be motivated, too. No yeah, one I mean, wants that to happen, you know? They're they're technically still in this race. I mean, it's very likely the Lions win. The Lions only need to win one game, and, they're, and, they're, and they win it. Yeah. But like, you know, the way Minnesota fans are probably looking at it is like, okay, if we could take care of business first Detroit, two games, we got we got them for two, and all they have to do is lose to Dallas and Dallas, which is like it's very possible because they'll probably Dallas will probably be favorites in that game. Like that's why their mindset right now in Minnesota, like that locker room's like, okay, if we take care of business, we can go and still win this NFC North. So, you know, you still have a lot of work to do as far as Detroit. Like you don't have this in the bag yet. Like you're 100%. right there, you're right there. But you're not officially there, and you have an opportunity this Sunday versus Minnesota to go do that. Yeah, that's gonna be a fun one. Yeah, and like you said, it's gonna be challenging for this defense because they got Jefferson back now, Addison, Addison, Hawkinson. Um, you know their run game is getting going a little bit, so they got to go to old line. Too. Don't yeah. worry about anybody, anybody running. No, I'm not either. But I'm just saying, like they're like. Outside a quarterback, they're kind of a complete offense, sort of. If that makes sense, like yeah. they have they have studs everywhere, man. The only running game out, or like running, I'll be concerned with is if the quarterback had legs. I think those are the quarterbacks, right? Those are the where we give up our most of the yards right now is where we play against quarterbacks that have legs, like Justin Fields, shit like that. But they did good for Russ, though. I mean, I know Russ is not the same guy Seattle where he's moving no, around the yeah, pocket, they, but he yeah. did they did a good job with him. They did a great job against him, but he's not that type of guy that's going to run for 50, 60. Yeah, 100 yards. Like, not anymore, so, yeah. Not anymore. That's not his game. Um, but running backs, I mean, no, nah, man. I'm really confident with our with our with our um our defense, our, our run D. I'm really confident with this run D. If they're gonna do something right, they're gonna stop that goddamn run. That that's that's one thing that they've been consistent all year doing that is stopping the run. And I have total faith in them not giving that up. I I Minnesota Vikings, I I give them 50 yards. Play a sad song for you on the world's smallest violin. Who, who should be the oopsie doopsie of the week? I don't really, nothing on the line said that really stands out, honestly. Offensively, you were perfect. I think both coordinators were perfect defensively. I thought you were perfect. I have one. I have one in mind. Let's hear. What, what, do, you, what do you have? Sean Payton, not challenging. Oh, yeah. That was a great one. Great one. I was going to go. <laughs> and it's not, it's, it's not even. Uh, not even a fault of this guy, like in general, but we kind of mentioned. It. I think it's kind of funny, Isaiah Bugs for not pitching the ball back. I think it's kind of an oopsie moment. Not not necessarily the player that he deserves, like the whole thing. Yeah. Like I thought he was good, but I think the moment itself was very oopsie doopsie like, and <laughs> it could have been a touchdown. And you know, I'm gonna give it to Isaiah Bugs this week for not pitching the ball back. So we'll think of an oopsie doopsie moment. Okay, oopsie like doopsie moment. Yeah, it's an oopsie doopsie moment. Not necessarily like a performance, but more of a of, uh, of a play. I like yeah. that. <laughs> We're gonna give it to Isaiah Bucks. Um, I have two, one on the offense, one defense. I have to give it to both of them. Um Jared Goff, 24, 34, 278 yards, five touchdowns, no picks, no fumbles, flawless. And then if Atu Melafani was the best player on the field, Perfect. In my <laughs> I have two, one on the offense, one defense. I have to give it to both of them. Um Jared Goff, 24, 34, 278 yards, five touchdowns, no picks, no fumbles, flawless. And then if Atu Melifani was the best player on the field, Perfect. in my opinion. <laughs> and then Iffy, man, I think he had a he had a sack. He had, I think, two pass breakups. Or, oh, yes, two pass breakups. He had a sack, tackle for a loss, 
two quarterback hits, and I think he forced that fumble, right? Yeah. Um, so I think if he was hands down the best player on defense, and then Goff was the best player on I think those two guys were the best players on the field. Goff yeah. and Iffy. He, so he, he could have had a touchdown too if Bugs pushed it back to him. Yeah. So uh <laughs> I mean this is that vision. This is that vision that um Aaron Glenn had. When he transitioned, Brad's vision too, with all the guys he's had, like the guys that maybe kind of struggled a little earlier in their career, maybe sometimes takes a minute to get going a little. Mm-hmm. I mean, outside of Levi, he's like only one, maybe. And Project Martin, like we're seeing a little more of him, but like he hasn't really shown me much yet. So I think I, I still think he's in that. He's in that. Uh, he's in that crock pot. pot. Yeah, he's yeah. still sizzling. It's not ready yet. Yeah, I'm not worried about this for the future. I'm just saying right now he hasn't yeah. really shown much. Yeah, uh, I mean, that's yeah. Going back to Iffy, going to your ball of the week. I love that little punch he had in that breakup. It reminded me of like Peanut Tillman or like that one Justin Coleman game versus the Chiefs. It was like where he's just knocking shit all game. That that was that was nice to see, man. I think yeah. I think that's, that gives him an advantage, man. Because when you played corner and you, now you transition from cornerback and you already know how to you know play the ball and get PBUs and and get interceptions. You already know that aspect of the game, and now you can move it to safety where you're just gonna take those same skills and now you're moving to the safety the, that safety role. Um, I think it's gonna be huge for him, man. He he has the tools to be really, 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 really good in this league. And let's see if he could just pile games up and be consistent. That this this now right now we see we seen the flashes. We see what he could be, what he could do. Now we just need the consistency, the, the the consistent aspect of it. Can he pile those games up? Can he build his legacy? Can he be great? You know, this is this is what we want to see now. Yeah. I mean, I know people, not to get too far off topic, but people were talking about like safety being one of our bigger needs this offseason with CJ being a free agent and the way Kirby and Tracy play this year. If if, if he could keep playing like this, man, like he could maybe assert himself to be a starter next year too. Potentially. Yeah, 100%. And that, and that could fill in a hole for this offseason. So. I mean, yeah, just real fast, like what Malcolm mentioned, he had a 969 RAS. The guy's an elite athlete. He's 6'2, 205, very lengthy, 448 speed. I mean, the guy is. If he could develop, if he could reach his ceiling, he could be a really, really good player. Hundred percent. So obviously hoping the best, and it's nice to see the flashes now. They're they're coming, and now we starting. So I'm enjoying it, man. It's been a great transition, like I said. So I'm liking it. You're seeing guys on defense actually get better as the year goes on, which is really nice to see. Yeah, I mean, we got three more games. Let's see it more, and let's like be more yeah. believers, and then get let's roll in hot to these playoffs, man. If it, yeah. it could, we talk about it every time, man. If you can get hot into those playoffs, those are the teams that usually like not to get too ahead of myself, but like those are the teams that win, man. All no, you gotta do true. is get in the tournament and get hot. It's true. I mean, nobody had any idea Cincinnati was going to the Super Bowl, but they got hot. But uh, right now we're playing good football. We saw a great football performance on Saturday. We need to keep going forward. Yeah, please, please, please don't take no steps backwards. Yeah, don't don't let this be a one please, game. Thing. Please don't take no steps backwards. I mean, we saw good football. I'm I'm hoping, I'm expecting. To see good football next week. That's fair. And that's what it, it's nice, man. It's nice. Yep. All right, guys. That's going to be a wrap to this episode. Hope you guys all enjoyed. We'll be back later on in the week to preview that Minnesota Vikings game, which we talked about that potentially before the division. So stay tuned for that. And that's all I got for you guys. Hope you.